what you have just seen um, was produced by our little media studio. We just started a few months ago. Whatever you see is only in a one-acre land, very small. You know? But later on, you'll find out our progress. It was in 1995 when I finished my study. You know, it was always a great struggle for anyone that is going to graduate to decide where they're supposed to go. You're going to start your new chapter of your life, you know. I have few choice then to choose whether to go back to Malaysia or to stay in America to start a dream home or whatever dream. Most people like to stay in America, you know. And, um, but I know the Lord wants me to go to China as a missionary. I struggled so much. I told God, to go there for a month or two months is okay. I need a work to sustain me, you know. And I plan to have a family. And to go to China for a missionary work is too much for me. Go there a month, okay. Two months, no problem. I, no matter how difficult the life as a missionary, I know I'm going to leave that place for, after a while, you know. But the Lord said, I'm going to want you to go to China. How long? No response. God said, go. I don't tell you how long. It can be for life. It took me a few months to struggle. I remember one day I was working outside of the wellness center, pulling weeds with the doctor beside me. His name is Dr. Butler. While I was walking, uh, work, working with him, I was looking at him. He was then, in 1995, he was already 70 over years old. He has been a missionary doctor in, a, in a Africa all his life. If he didn't go as a missionary and stay in America, he could have been a rich doctor. But he believed that Jesus is coming soon and he forgot all his dream in America and became a missionary doctor in Africa all his life with his wife. And I was looking at him. I said, when I was thinking, when he was young, most, he had the zeal and he went and he believed that Jesus will come in his time. And now he is old and Jesus is not here. Have you ever regretted? Wow, I go through my brain, you know. So I turn, finally I cannot take it anymore and ask Dr. Butler, I have a question for you. I say, have you ever regretted of your missionary life? You spent all your life in a mission field and now you're back here, not much money and Jesus not here. He turned and he looked at me and he said a statement that I never forget till today. He said, David, event movement begin with sacrifice. And it will take greater sacrifice to finish the work. When he said that word, it's like a knife cutting through my heart. I said, okay. After then, I say, Lord, if you want me forever be in China, maybe. If he can say that, who am I? You have given this life back to me. I could have been in the street doing nothing. And you're giving me this life. And I have owed everything to you. So I said, okay, I will go. So I went to China. I worked with Dr. Weeby for some time in Hebei. And while we were there, 
after about eight months, we have um, a lot of people came into our program for health. And one person came, he was telling me about his story, uh, her story. She was about 65 years old. She said, David, you know what? Three years ago, I almost died of cancer. Seems I always met cancer patients. Three years ago, I almost died. I had colon cancer. I was overweight. My heart was swelling. My high blood pressure, everything. I was lying on my bed waiting for my time. Then I heard about Jesus. And I prayed to Jesus. I said, Jesus, if you can heal me, I will give the rest of my life to you. I was thinking you're already 65 years old. The Bible says, remember the Lord in your youthful time, not in your old time. Will God still listen to you? But God honored her prayer. She said after one week, she don't know whether she was better or not. I mean, she, she was healed or not, but she feel better. So she get up from her bed. She started to go to door to door telling people about Jesus. In less than three years' time, she brought 3,000 people to baptism. Can you imagine a woman 65 years old inspired by God? And she was talking to me. She said, David, now I know more about health. I can go back to do more in my church. And then she asked me a very profound question. She said, David, you know these people I never went out of China. They thought that chi- out of China, any other missionary work or church work is greater than China. She said, David, how many health centers do you have? How many health centers do you have in your Malaysia? How many training schools do you have in Malaysia? I looked at her. I said, you know what? We don't even have one. She was shocked. She said, you don't have one health center in your own hometown? I said, no. Then he said, then why are you here in China for? <laughs> I look at her. I say, man, you're right. What am I here for? <laughs> so I went back and, and, and then she said, you should uh, go back to your own hometown and do something. I was thinking, maybe the Lord has sent you here to tell me. So I went back to my room and I pray. The first thing that I, before I can pray, I kneel down, before I can speak, the first Bible word that came into my mind is Jesus said, the prophet is not welcome in his own country. No, I'm paid only 300 renminbi. It's about 40 US dollar a month in China. But I speak like a king because I'm a foreigner. Whatever I say, they treat it very, you know, they take it very strong. They can pay me 3,000 US dollar. If I go back to my own hometown, they treat me like dirt. So I say, Lord, how to start this kind of work in your own hometown? They don't treasure you. You know, Jesus said that. And because of that, because of the unbelief, the Bible say, Jesus can't do much, right? So I say, Lord, unless you can fulfill these three things in my life, then I'll be home. First, you must provide me a team of workers. A dedicated team. They will work together. You know, you can have the best building. 
You can have all the money you want. If you do not have people, it's zero. You must give me people. Second, you must give me the money. I don't have any money, you know. You must give me money to set up the work. And third, I told the Lord, I say, Lord, I'm too lonely. <laughs> I need a wife. <laughs> a wife that can support me. They can help me to finish the work. So you must select a wife for me. You know, every success man, you have a woman behind you. you know? <laughs> so after I pray, I say, Lord, you must handle this. All right? So after a while, I take some time off and went back home to test the ground. I talked to a few people and finally someone led me to a man called Mr. Yip Kokto. He was then in Singapore, a financial controller for a multi-million company called GlaxoSmith, you know, in Singapore. And um, he's a very sharp man. You know. I was talking to him about setting a health centre and a training school, just a vision. What, the, what do you think? And he said, you know, David, this is a good plan. But don't talk about money first. Where is your people? I said, you're right. If I have all the money without people, I cannot do it alone. So I say, we'll pray about it. So that night, I took a bus from Singapore. I don't know how good are you with Malaysia map. Okay? Singapore is down south. I took a bus 12 hours to Penang. It's a small island of Malaysia. Okay? Peninsula Malaysia. Penang. We have a hospital, Adventist hospital in Penang. So I went up to Penang to find any doctor that are interested in this plan. I know at least five doctors. So I went one by one telling them the vision of setting up a health centre and a training school. Every one of them saying, good plan. But none of them will say, I will come and help you. So after one, two days, I realised this is just a dream. No one will come and work. Everyone is only secure with their job. So I said, okay. But while I was wanting to give up, there was this still more voice telling me, David, talk to the other doctor. I refused talking to the other doctor because that doctor was too sick. Then, he has rheumatoid arthritis, an autoimmune disease that cannot be cured medically, only depend on steroid, you know. Autoimmune, the, the immune system attacked all the joints. And he was on wheelchair for four months already. When I met him, he was depending on steroid and his arm was so swollen up, he couldn't even lift up his arm. And his name is Dr. Lee. I said, okay, I'll talk to him. I was saying, Lord, he couldn't even help himself. How is he going to help me? So finally I said, okay. So I went and talked to Dr. Lee. After I talked to him, he said, it's a good plan, David. He said, will you come tonight to my house and talk to my wife too? The wife was then an um, ICU head nurse in ICU department. So, okay, that night I went and talked. At least they asked me to come to the house huh, and have a dinner. And I talked to the husband and wife about starting a health centre and a training school. After finished praying, <clears throat> talking and praying, they say, David, Give us at least one week to pray about it. Then we'll tell you. 
I said, good. I, I was happy because at least they will pray about it, you know. But the next day, they say to me, David, if you can raise the money to build the health center, we will come out and help you. But they didn't tell me something that they asked God because for a doctor and a nurse to come out from a hospital and come to a thing that is nothing, you know, we have nothing, you take a lot of faith. And they say we have prayed for three years to God what the Lord wants us to do in our life. And it looked like this one is a good one. Let us pray about it. And they never tell me that they ask God for a sign. They say to God that if you want us to come out, you give us a sign that you must help David to raise the money in one month to build for the health centre. They didn't tell me. Only after that they told me. So I said, okay. So I took his resume and the nurse, the, the, the wife resume. And then the, during that time, the Lord also provided me a helmet. She was also a nurse in the hospital. She was in charge of the wellness program in the hospital. So I have two nurses and one doctor and myself, four of us, ready to die for the work. You, you need to find people that will die for the work. You only want five people to start a work. They say, I will only give you two years. They cannot start work. They can only join a work that already started. You know what I'm saying? To start a work, you need to find people to give all. So we always tell ourselves, if we have no salary for two years, it's fine. As long as we have food. So four of us committed. I took a bus back. I showed Mr. Gibb. I said, look, we have two nurses, one doctor and myself. Fully committed. Wow, he was very surprised. One week, you found a doctor and two nurses? I said, by God's grace. Now we need the money. Nobody knows you, David. You have no reputation in this place. I said, you're right. But you have. You can... So, we formed a board of trusting, you know. And he helped me to prepare a proposal to go to raise money. And I have no experience. He has no experience. We don't know how much we need. We have one land, one acre, what you, where you see just now. Then it was just grass, nothing there, you know? Just one piece, one acre of land. And we figure out to build a health centre, a home health centre, we need about half a million ringgit, which is then 250,000 US dollars. With then the exchange rate in 1996, 250,000 US dollars to start the work. But we, we need more than that. We don't know. Only God knows. So we decided to raise half a million ringgit. I was looking at the number. I said, Lord, I, the most I raised was only 3,000 US dollars to go to the Philippines. This is 500,000. It take me, I don't know how long it would take me to raise this money. But well, I will try. So I went to talk to people. And the first person that I went to talk to, you know people that help us, they are not rich. They are all middle class. Normally rich people don't help you, you know. I went to the first lady. She was just a middle class person. And I tell her the plan. I was thinking if she can pay me, give, give us 2000 it's very good, you know. <clears throat> but you know what? After I told her all the plan, she pledged 20000 I said, wow. <laughs> then I come and talk to more people. Everyone start to give 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 
50,000. I was going around, ask, I said, why they give so much? I don't even understand. So I was going around, telling them, and last, after two weeks, we still left 200,000. We already got 300,000. Ring it. And the last person they gave was not an Adventist, it was a Methodist. I was talking to him. After explaining all the plan, he asked me some question. 11 o'clock at night in Singapore. Say, okay, I'll top the rest. 200,000. After I got the 200,000 pledges, just one pitch. I, I, I don't even need a second or third or fourth pitch. Just less than about 14 people, half a million was given. I hold the file. I was walking in the streets of Singapore, looking up to heaven. I say, God, this is amazing. In one week time, you give me the workers. In two weeks' time, you give me all the money. And you give me a wife. <laughs> this must not be my plan. Do you think it's the plan of Moses to brought the Israelite out of Egypt? Or was it God's plan? It was God's plan. And they only called Moses to go and do it. It could be somebody else that, that is willing to do it. It could have called somebody else beside David Farm. It's only because David was willing to do it. You know? It could be another person. And I thank God he called me. And I thank God I listened to him. So I said, Lord, you want to set this place up for a purpose. So the next day I called Dr. Lee. I said, Dr. Lee, we got all the money we need. She, <laughs> they got a shock. They, they asked for one month. The Lord said, I need two weeks only. And the Lord provided the money. Amen? You know, while we, after we collected that money, by the way, while we were collecting the money, that amount was not enough. We need 700 over 1,000, actually. But I don't know. I have no experience. Who knows? God knows. So, in 1997, we collected all the pledges and put in the trustee, you know, in Singapore. You know what happened in 1997 in Asia? Um, Asia financial crisis. Poor, suddenly, this is after I collected all the money, you know. One month or two months later, the economy collapsed in Asia. Crisis. The stock market dropped. It's like almost now, you know. Happened in America. This is the best time to raise money, I tell you. The economy collapsed. And we collect the, the, the exchange rate used to be one US dollar to Malaysia ringgit, two ringgit and 50 cent or 48 cent. Overnight, it went to three ringgit to four ringgit until the government had to cut it off to hold it at three ringgit and 80 cent, you know. And Singapore dollar, all my money is in Singapore dollar. Singapore dollar used to be <clears throat> one dollar, change it to one ringgit and 60 cent. But overnight, it went to two ringgit and 50 cent. In other words, if I had 100,000 in Sing, I was supposed to change to 160,000. Overnight, it go to 250,000. And the money in Singapore is just like growing, like give birth. <laughs> Up to 700 over 1,000. Just the amount that we need to build the health center. God is good, isn't it? In 1998, the plan was approved and we started to build. 
And all the money transferred from Singapore was at 2.5. All go in, you know. And when the plan was almost done, we had to buy furniture. Wow. I counted the money was not enough to, to buy all the furniture to fill the whole health center. You know, we want to buy quality things, you see. It cost us about 70000 to buy all the furnitures and all the equipments. So I was praying what to do, but God has already a plan. In 1998, Malaysia, first time Malaysia, hold a Commonwealth Games. Have you heard of Commonwealth Games? 68 countries have been conquered by England before. They run a Commonwealth Games. And this is the first time they ran they run this program at this game in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. And after 10 days of tournaments, all the games over, all the athletes came from 68 countries. The newspapers sell that they are selling away their furniture, factory price, half of the factory price. So my friend called me, come out and look at the, the furniture. So I went up, they sell the furniture by apartments. How many tables, how many chairs, how many blankets, how many, everything come together by apartments, you know. I was looking at all this furniture, it was okay, it was not the best. Good enough to use. I was thinking temporary, I will buy this, later on maybe I will change. So, I ordered four apartments, about 20 over 1,000 ringgit. Cut away at least 70% of my cost, you know. So after order, one month later, we come and take our goods. What happened is, they are not me alone that bought all the furniture. There are about at least a few hundred people came and buy. So when we came back with our trucks to take the furniture, we were shocked that day because the whole stadium was taken care of by the soldier. And they are not businessmen. I thought they would put all my furniture in one place and I take and go. And that was not the case. This soldier, they put all the furniture, itemized them, you know, chair one side, table one side, the cupboard, bed, they all itemized it. According, according to how many articles you have, how many furniture you have, you collect yourself. These are all used furniture. Everyone wants the best, isn't it? Everyone is fighting for the best. Few hundred people. And everyone was nervous, everyone was trying to fight for the best. I also want the best for God's work. So I tried to go and pull. Oh, we were like fighting for the goods, not buying the goods. After a while, I realized this is too much. How can I fight with the uncle, auntie around me? They're all older than me, you know. Everyone was so angry. After a while, I let go. I went aside, cooled down myself. I said, Lord, I cannot take all this thing. All the good ones have been taken by the early bird. Me? After praying, I said, Lord, I'm not going to buy this anymore. So I went to see the, the master, the, the, the sergeant. I said, look, sergeant, I'm, I'm going to cancel my order. He said, why? I explained to him. I said, if you give me my goods, no matter how bad the furniture is, I will repair myself, right? But now you put everyone into risk. Huh? Every, all that come early will take the good one, the bad one live to the last one. And who won the bad one? Oh, I never know that. I say, now you know. I say, it doesn't matter. You don't have to cancel the plan. I'll bring you to another place to take. 
you have another place? He said, yes, yes, you wait for a while. But don't tell anyone. I said, okay. <laughs> so I go and I sat down and waited. A pastor came with me, you know. He can be my witness. We sit down and say, pastor, the sergeant asked us to wait, but don't tell anyone. So we sit there and wait. Five minutes later, this soldier came with a jeep. He said, come, come, come out to the jeep. So we go into the jeep and he drove me around the stadium. Around the stadium, there's apartments. And these apartments, they host different countries, you know. I tell you, God controlled this soldier. He was possessed by God, man. When he was driving, he told me something I don't realize what he was saying. Only later, he said, I will bring you to the England one. I said, what do you mean? England one? Then I realized, <laughs> I'm, I feel ashamed to say this, the Malaysia government has separated the rich country and the poor country. Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, all these places is in the different apartments and the furniture are totally different. England, Australia is another apartment and the furniture are totally different. Rich country, the best furniture, you know what I'm saying? The best quality to gain the image. Poor country, cheap things, you know what I'm saying? So this man was saying, I'll bring you to the England. So he was driving me. That's why I say he was being possessed by God. <laughs> he drove all the way to the apartment and I saw the place say, England, Australia. And when he opened the apartment, I saw the furniture, it was like my eye was like... The furniture is extra size. Everything was not shown that day. Whatever they want to sell away is all the cheap thing. The best, the good one, they kept it for their own people. You see? No one had come. All the big shots have not come and look at the furniture. It was still in the apartment. When I open up, I look at the, I look at the sergeant. I say, you mean I can take this? I say, yeah, why not? Take I ordered four apartments. He, he opened at least about 10 apartments for me to choose. Oh, I run up and down, up and down. Here, take a chair and there, take a table. I take the best, you know. That day, hundreds and hundreds of people came and take their goods. I was the only one. They take the best out of the place and put into God's house. Amen? God is amazing. And the work, Anan begin with four persons. Dr. Lee, his wife, myself, and my wife. And then we started with five students. Five of them. We begin Anan's work. It's that simple. And slowly it grow. It grow until 2000. We, we only get one building in the beginning. And after a while, it was too packed. We pray to the Lord. We say, Lord, we do not have enough space. And we stopped in 2000, year 2000, to build another place, the school and the dormitory. Someone just was impressed and gave us half a million again and built the school and the dormitory and things like that, you know. And 2001, we begin the work again. And now we have 25 students and 20 workers. Most of the workers, 90% of the workers were trained by Anan. And today I was thankful to God that Anan was a quite an influence in Asia. We are now a training place for China Union. They send a lot of the China workers, health center workers for us to train. 
to help, the, help them to jumpstart the health centre. While our institution, our school, all the credits are accepted by the Taiwan Adventist College, 100%. Now, I was very thankful. And um, our health centre, we have connection with so many Sunday churches pastor. We give them 30%, 30% discount, you know. And they came. I tell you, we have big shot. We have Prison Ministry International founder came to our program. Show me a picture sitting beside the Pope John II, you know, in a meeting. He came to our program. He, he loved it so much. And he brought all his workers came to our program. And they recognized recommended it to the Methodist Church in Singapore. Methodist Church have about 36,000 church members in Singapore. And the youth director came to our program. And he recommended other pastor came to our program. And every one of them came. They say, now we have a different eye towards Adventists. I mean, we, don't, we, are, not, we are not there to convert them, but we are there to give them uh, pictures of Seventh-day Adventists. Sometimes I, I, I was laughing, some of the Sunday churches came. They always observe you for the first few days, you know, see anything, anything wrong and funny about Adventists. After like three, four days, they would say things like that. They would say, hey, you are normal. <laughs> I look at them, I say, do you find a third leg? Do you find me, I have three hands? Of course I'm normal. What do you think? And many of them, they went back home have a different pictures of Seventh-day Adventists. And I'm thankful for God's blessing. You know, today, just about one year ago, the work had been growing, and we started our Chinese media TV production work. We realized that there are amazing facts. It is written, uh, so many 3ABN English program, but there is zero Chinese program. And we felt the burden that we have to do Chinese program. So, two years ago, <clears throat> we sent two young men to Lifestar TV in Sweden to get their training. And they came back last year, and we started a small studio, which you have seen. And we started to do something. We hope in this GYC, we can gain some support to support this ministry, Chinese ministry, to produce program. And we're talking to LLBN to provide them program for them to broadcast. And any... A broadcasting network that will use a program. You see, you, you can broadcast, but you need the content to broadcast. If you don't have the content, how do you broadcast? So our focus in ANA is to focus for the content to, product, to do the production. So any other ministry can go and broadcast it. So pray for us. So about one year ago, I find that just in one acre of land, it's so cramped. 25 students is maximum we can take. And there are more students that want to come, we cannot take them anymore. We have students wanted to come from China more, from Vietnam, from Cambodia, from Pakistan, from Indonesia, from so many places they want to come. <clears throat> and I say, we cannot take you. You know, we only got 25 beds. And that's maximum we can do. I was praying to the Lord. I said, Lord, what can I do? And the health center, many months, we have to turn away patients because we have no bed for them. We only have 15 beds. So after praying, one day, one day, one year ago, when I went into my office, my manager told me, he said, David, did anyone say, tell you that 
he will give you money. I said, how much? 260,000 ringgit. I said, 260,000? I mean, that is many years ago I received such a big amount. <laughs> no, I say, normally people want to give you a donation in this amount they will tell you before they send in the money. But I say, you don't touch the money first. Let me check with the bank whether they have transferred wrongly. You know? So I called the bank. I say, hey, we don't expect this money. Did you, did you do a wrong transfer? I say, no, no, no. This is not even a transfer. This is bank in straight into your account. Huh. I said, okay. So I told the office, don't touch the money at least a month. Maybe somebody will bank in wrongly to our account. One week later, I received an email for my former health guest. She is an automotrist. She wrote to me, said, David, I've sent you this money. I, this is a small money because after talking to you, I felt impressed that the Lord wants me to give you this money. I have not worked for this money. My father gave this money for me for my old age. But this will, I give it to you to jumpstart the work. Hopefully, this will help you to start. I was very thankful. I called her back. I said, thank you very much. This had given me a sign to move on. So, I was looking for a land. And one day, the Lord let me find a land about 45 minutes away from my present property on top of a hill. You know, beautiful land. 14 acres. Instead of one acre, no, you have to understand, in America, you buy land by acres. 20, 30, 100 acres. Malaysia, you buy land by a square feet, you know. You know what I'm saying? You buy land by a square feet. You stand one size, one square feet, you know. So you have to change your calculation. 14 acres is a big land. Huh? We have one acre. They count by acres. They don't count. If you go to estate, they count by acres. Huh? One acre at a time. And I bought this place, 14 acres, with half a million. You know? So we found this place. And then later on, I found there was a rock cave inside there. There is spring water there, you know, and the land is fertile, full of wild animals around. No tiger though. It was all anteater, wild boar around. But anyway, it's a beautiful place. If you have a chance, please visit us. And um, I went back home. After I found the land, we, 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 we bought the place. I called the donor. I said, hey, we have bought the place. And she was very happy. Two months later, I found my bank have another 250000 Huh. So, I said, must be your same person. So I called her back. I said, yeah, I hope you can start quickly. So I used the 250000 and bought another piece of land. So that's why now you join it to become 14 acres of land. And I say, Lord, now I'm facing a challenge of raising $4 million to build the health centre and a training school for about 60 students and a training, uh, health centre for about 30 health guests. $4 million will be, now the exchange, exchange rate for for US dollar, you know, US dollar exchange rate is crazy now. Every month is different. I think it's going to collapse very soon. Honestly, if you've got the money, use it now. <laughs> if you don't use it very soon, the golden time will be over. You know? And now the exchange rate is 3.6. I need 1.2 million US dollar. 
you know what? I was praying to God. I said, Lord, this time and 10 years ago are totally different. 10 years ago, I had nothing to do but raise money. Now, I got a health center, I got a training school, I have the media. Where in the world I've got the time to go ask for money? Anyway, it's your work. You've got to provide us the money. So I pray, Lord, would you please now you work and impress upon people to give money? You know what happened? Half a year later, I received another half a million. Same person. And she came and looked for, see the land. You know what she told me? She said, David, actually, I have no money for you after the half a million. You know, I read a statement. I remember I read a statement. I might be wrong. Sister White said, if it need be, God can send you, can, can drop a gold bar in front of you. But God don't need to do so because God has the money in His people. And this woman, she told me, I actually do not have the other half a million for you. But you know what happened? I said, what happened? Just a few months ago, I have an old mother, 90 over years old. Two mates is taking care of her. And one day, I go and told the maid, clean up the house, it was too dirty. Clean up, thoroughly clean it up. So the two mates go and clean up the, the house, you know. And the, the old mother was staying by herself with the two mates. And while they were cleaning up, the maid found, nobody know, but this maid found gold bar. The mother had already forgotten the gold bar, you know, in a secret chamber. And when this maid could take the gold bar and ran away, more than 10 pounds of gold bar. Pure gold, you know, these are pure gold. And with jewelry, all this. The maid could take all the money, go and left. But that night, God would not allow that. He, she cannot sleep. So she made a phone call to this donor, I, I mean, the, the daughter, and said, I found gold bar. Immediately at 12 o'clock midnight, they came and they saw the gold bar and they gave her a big ang pao, we call it red packet, uh, to thank her, some money to thank her, you know. And they collected the gold bar with three children, the donor and the other two brothers. They decided to sell away the gold bar plus some of the gold in the, in the bank. They decided to sell it away and bring into three shares for three children. And his, her, her share, she gave it all to us. It was half a million. Isn't that wonderful? Huh? And she sold the gold at the peak time, about six months ago. Now gold, I tell you, she sold in a golden time. If you're impressed to do anything, I tell you, if God impressed you to help any ministry in this world, do not wait, you know. Because God has His timing. You know what I'm saying? It is a blessing when you follow God's timing and don't follow your own view. And lo and behold, as I share with people, people start to give Him money. And now, now, at this point, we have about 400,000 US dollars already in the bank. We need 1.2 million. I'm still short of 800,000 US dollars. But, just last month, one donor tell me that she will match dollar to dollar up to 200,000 US dollar. 
means that if I raise 200,000 US dollars, I will have how much? 400,000 US dollars. And that would definitely help me to start the work. The other 300,000 can come later, or 400,000 can come later, no problem. But it's vital for me to get this 400,000 US dollars. Will you please pray for us? And I believe God will definitely give us the money. Because it's His work. The God is a God of... He's never late and He's never slow. We need to follow His timing. You know, today I share this to you. I want to encourage everyone that it is time for us to really trust in the Lord. Because we really believe a God that is real. He is not in a distant way. He's beside us. He can speak to us. He can encourage us. We are living in a strange time. Everything is falling apart around us. You know? And whatever had to be done, we have to do it quickly. Jesus said, work while it is day. When night cometh, no man can work. And I believe we don't have much time to work anymore. Very soon, Jesus is coming back. And I believe God's people will be ready soon. And I want you to pray for us that Anan will be faithful. No, no one, God's ministry will never fall unless His people become unfaithful to Him. If one day you hear that Anans have gone, you know, I can assure you that it is not because God is not faithful. It's only because the workers are not faithful to Him. If we are faithful, God will be even more faithful than us. He, when you want to do something, God will get more excited than you. So I pray that every one of us will trust in the Lord all the way. May God bless you.